There he goes. One of God's own prototypes. A high-powered mutant of some kind never even considered for mass production. Too weird to live, and too rare to die. Welcome to episode 26 of the Digital Freemason Podcast. I'm your host, Scott, and I'll be taking you along on my excellent journey through the world of short Sonic educational papers. It's uh, finishing up here on what I would have to call the perfect storm. All those things that I had volunteered to do over the course of the last year, year and a half, uh, all seem to be coming together here in the last four or five-ish weeks, and everyone's uh, working to get everything done before summertime hits. So the last couple weeks, where I've been hoping to get a little bit more more regular, has uh, not been happening. But it's um, all in all, we're pretty much there. Uh, today was sort of a wrap up. Is um, attended our grand lodge communication, and that pretty much sums up that side of it. Uh, Freemasonry, at least the official Freemasonry side for the uh, summer, and uh, going to do a little bit of preparatory work in, in uh, setting up for. Uh, my role as district secretary here, uh, which really ramps up probably well, sometime in August. I'll wait for that storm to come when it comes. But regardless, um, today at uh, the installation of our uh, latest 102nd, I guess, Grand Master, or Grand Master the most worshipful um, Malcolm Berry, he had a, uh, I have here his inaugural speech, which I thought would be uh, a fairly good and topical part for, uh, for this session. Now, um, in hindsight, maybe about ooh, five minutes into his, uh, his giving his inaugural speech, it dawned on me that uh, it might have even been better to have him give the speech. So, something to keep in mind for next year. If, uh, if you guys keep listening in and I keep doing this, and uh, we, uh, we seem to be doing one of those little dances that uh, is working out for us, then uh, you know, I'll talk, to, uh, talk about having the, uh, having the Grand Master actually on here and, and giving his speech. So with that, we'll get going, and we'll get on to the uh, most worshipful brother, Malcolm Berry's topic today. Brethren, I stand before you with one thought, and that is that I love this craft dearly, and that I am very proud to call myself a Freemason, and with you who are assembled here today to be counted as members of what may, including myself, be considered the most ancient and most honorable finest and most prestigious fraternal organization in the world. With this in mind, and together with what wisdom and experience I have managed to garner over the past several years, I will devote this next year as your Grand Master to serve you and our beloved craft to the best of my skill and ability. In his book, Alice in Wonderland, Lewis Carroll wrote, One day Alice came to a fork in the road and saw a Cheshire cat in a tree. Which road should I take? she asked. Where do you want to go? was his response. I don't know, Alice answered. Then, said the Cheshire Cat, I guess it doesn't really matter. Today Freemasonry stands at a major fork in the road, and the decisions to be made are extremely important. If, like Alice, we don't know where we want to go, then like the Cheshire Cat said, I guess it doesn't matter. But it does matter, and we have to make decisions. The decisions to be made are going to be the decisions of you and I, who are the Freemasons of today. However, the one thing is a given. Freemasonry has been, is, and always will be Freemasonry. It is a beautiful system of morality, veiled in allegory and illustrated by symbols, and it will transcend the ages of man, regardless. Let us for a moment envisage 
what this fork in the road looks like. We stand together at a point in time and space, and we have choices. Figuratively, we can turn to the left, or we can turn to the right. Or, as a third alter alternative, we can just stay where we are and simply mark time. Three choices. I do believe that Freemasons have been marking time for the last several decades. They were lost in the doldrums. The doldrums are a belt of calm and light-baffling winds located between the north and south trade winds, and is aptly described by the dictionary's definition of a state of inactivity or stagnation. Yes, brethren, we, as Freemasons, have pursued our craft and operated our lodges in the doldrums, in a state of inactivity or stagnation. We have been content to attend our meetings, go through the process of holding regular meetings, at which the state of business of our lodge is carried out. Occasionally we have initiated, passed, or raised a new member, often with great pride and exuberance in our own verbosity and ability to deliver the work. However, in so doing, we have neglected something of preeminent importance. We have forgotten how to do which we are primarily charged with doing, and that is to practice Freemasonry. So here we stand at that fork in the road. Do we choose the first choice, that is, to mark time, to continue to do what we have been doing and suffer the consequences? Those Masons who choose this option for their lodge will continue to drift in the doldrums, stagnated between the lifeblood of the trade winds and the allegorically suffering the fate of their sailing forebears and likely die from starvation and boredom. Sadly, there will be those who will make this choice, and we must, having explored all other avenues, if necessary, let them go with love. If we choose to move forward, we are then left with the fork in the road that must, as, as many advocate, involve change, and I agree wholeheartedly. Marking time is not for us. Change must be inevitable. But which fork do we take? It seems that Freemasonry has identified two optional directions, hence the fork in the road. The one fork directs us down a path based on a membership and numbers-driven philosophy. Only these organizations focused on making or raising money are numbers-driven. In business, the more widgets you sell, the more money you make. In charitable or service-focused organizations, the more members you have, the more money you can raise. This numbers-driven philosophy obviously embraces a so-called one-day classes, mass initiations, passings and raisings. A philosophy of, if a man passes the fog, the mirror test, he is suitable as a candidate for Freemasonry. It is a philosophy that subscribes to the instant gratification in a plastic society. The philosophy of instant gratification, the conveyor belt, assembly line approach, is not true Freemasonry. Freemasonry is first and foremost concerned with quality, not quantity. Let us for a moment take a look at the ramifications of taking this numbers-driven fork in the road. Firstly, I believe that not all rocks in the quarry are suitable for the building. Some have inherent flaws that will eventually cause structural failure if made part of the superstructure we build. Having the sound foundations we have inherited from our forefathers, why would we build a house of straw? Secondly, I believe that we rob the truly deserving candidate of the unique experience of being made a mason. Our ritual is designed to create and stimulate within the individual a life-changing experience, a transformation of mind and spirit. I do not believe that this is something that can be experienced from the sideline 
or sitting in the bleachers of an auditorium. We say that masonry is a progressive science, but some would have the progress supposedly condensed into a few hours. Further, being a Freemason carries with it certain privileges at a very personal level. These privileges are based on trust. When I meet a man I know to be a Freemason, I know he has taken on certain responsibilities as to his behavior to me, to my family, and in my business dealings with him. Because we have shared the same experiences in being made Masons, I know I can trust him implicitly with all things, including my life. I ask you, can I have the same trust of a man who saw a well-acted play from the sidelines? I don't think so. Therefore, I ask you, are we in danger of creating different classes of Masons, those we can trust and those we cannot? If so, the next step logically is that I refuse to recognize that man for that jurisdiction or that lodge as a Freemason. Would you feel comfortable undergoing major surgery performed by a person whose professional qualifications were obtained over a long weekend in May? How long will it be if the current trend of creating fast-track Masons continues before jurisdictions with traditional standards of Masonic code refuse to recognize so-called Masons from their plastic society? Brethren, I don't believe that this is an unsubstantiated fear. These may seem like very strong words, but we are at the fork in the road. Where that, where that other fork might lead, I'm happy to say that this fork seems to be illuminated by the hearts and minds of so many of the younger Masons of today. These are the Masons that are in their 25- to 40-year-old age bracket, who have become disillusioned with the deteriorating moral and ethical standards experienced in business, politics, and the very fabric of society as a whole. They are looking for something of substance. They are looking for a moral high ground in which they can live and bring up their families. They are looking for a society in which a good deal is defined as a win-win situation as opposed to a by-how-much-you-screw-your-business-partner out of. They are looking for an environment of trust. They are sophisticated in their thinking and they are highly researched in their knowledge. They have studied Freemasonry and realized that the practice of traditional principles of Freemasonry is the answer to what we find lacking in society today. This is why they are flocking to our doors. But they are coming with their eyes open. They know what they want, and they know they want Freemasonry. I hear it so many times from these young men. Don't water down the craft. We want to put Freemasonry back in our meetings. We want to study and learn about the craft and apply it in our everyday lives. We want a quality experience. Without that, our lives, being as busy as they are, we don't have time for humdrum minutes, etc., of our meetings. Brethren, as we as Freemasons stand at the fork in the road, as the Cheshire Cat said, we must decide where we want to go, and then choose. To me, the choice is clear. Freemasonry will survive regardless. But we as Freemasons must choose to practice Freemasonry, we must move out of the doldrums and into the trade winds. We must look at who we are. We must be proud of our heritage. We must be true to our principles. We must make true Freemasons out of our new initiates. We must reestablish in the hearts of our members and in the eyes of society and through the practice of our tenets, of our great craft, that we are men of the highest ideals. We must strive to be the best of the best. How proud we are of our recent Olympic athletes 
when they competed and returned with all their medals. Do you think that those athletes were satisfied with mediocrity? Do you think that they were complacent and happy with second best? I don't think so. The high jumper who left the bar at five feet, nothing would today only be able to clear five feet. Would the four-minute mile have not been achieved if Roger Bannister and Chris Chatterway had not believed that the impossible was possible? They raised their sights. They strove to be the best of the best, and so must we. In the words of my theme, as your grandmaster for the upcoming Masonic year, we must raise the bar. We must raise the bar in all of our Masonic endeavors and activities. I believe this starts with our own department, in the society at large, and within the lodge. It begins with the initial proposal and subsequent investigation of the potential candidate. Let the proposer first explain to his lodge why he thinks this man is suitable to be a candidate for Freemasonry, and why he believes that Freemasonry is what he is looking for. Remember, you were first made a Mason in your heart. Let us raise the bar in greeting this new candidate, in the delivery of our ritual work, and in the performance of our symbolic floor work. Not just in the initiatory degree, but in all of our degrees and other ceremonies. Let us raise the bar in educating our candidates and, through an ongoing process, the members of our fraternity, not simply in the Q and A and obligation section, but in the true teachings of the craft. Let us always remember, as the general charge says, to draw aside the veil, or more properly speaking, penetrate through it, and become acquainted with all of the mysteries of Masonry. Let us raise the bar in making every one of our regular meetings a meeting of, with real substance, meaning, and value. A meaning meeting that's worth getting off a comfy so- couch when it's twenty below to attend. A meeting that those who weren't there will be sorry that they missed. Let us raise the bar in caring for each other. Establish a communications network within your lodge to look to the wealth, look out for the welfare of every single member. If we don't care about our members, pretty soon they won't care about us. Let the world see how Masons love one another. Lastly, I want to encourage every Mason to practice in their daily lives the sacred tenets of our order. Raise the bar and be seen as a man of integrity in all things, a man who is true to his word, a man who will not compromise his position of highest moral and ethical standards, regardless of the circumstances. A man whose heart is open to help the oppressed and disadvantaged, a man who is envied by others in society for his wealth, not in his pocketbook but in his soul, a man who is proud to hold his head high and proclaim that he is a member of the oldest, greatest, and most prestigious fraternity in the world, that he is first and foremost a Freemason. Remember, Freemasonry is a fraternity of like-thinking men who cherish above all things. The highest moral and ethical standards in all that we do and say, brethren. Let us return to our several lodges and places of abode, and together, let's raise the bar. So there's the words of my、uh, grand master for the next twelve months. That,、uh, as he stated this afternoon at his、uh, his swearing in as the grand master in the Grand Lodge of Alberta, hundred and second, I believe it is, as we enter into our hundred and second year. Of、uh, a Grand Lodge, and it was nice to see that、uh, we had our mother Grand Lodge, Manitoba, was there, and they were well represented, as were a number of the other Grand Lodges in Western Canada.、Uh, we all seem to have a fairly tight bond and do a lot together, so that's always good.
we had the master from uh, our district in Yellowknife in the Northwest Territories who had traveled down, and a lot of other people that had traveled from all across Western Canada. And amazingly enough, uh, even though it was being hosted in Calgary, there were a number of Calgary lodges and Calgary area lodges that had uh, little or, or no representation, even though that that's the um, one of the duties of the senior elected officers. So maybe those are just some of the lodges where, uh, as uh, Most Worshipful Brother Barry had mentioned, it's... Uh, we just need to see what we can do about helping them, and it's, uh, at some point, uh, to use my terms, not his, we need to cut bait. So, anyway, that's enough philosophizing for now. So, hopefully I'm back onto a more regular schedule. Um, until things settle down 100%, you'll notice that at the beginning there, I did not put a date in for the uh, podcast. This is episode 26, but I will be, hopefully as, uh, as things progress, I'll be getting back in the saddle and... Uh, more and more time being able to devote to this. So, again, thank you for uh, tuning in. And I've getting, been getting a lot of positive feedback on things. And I'd love to hear from you again. You can either um, send me an email, either text or yeah, attach a little WAV file or MP3 file. If you've got something you want to say, and get that going. And email it to uh, podcast at kinggeorgelodge.com. Or there's the, uh, the ever-classic... Uh, I guess, guest page on our website, www.kingeorgelodge.com. Getting a few uh, few comments there, as well as uh, ah, the, the little frapper map is uh, always getting a little populated with more and more people. I think we're up to oh, somewhere in the high 60s now, so that's always good. So if, uh, if you like this, tell your friends about it, and um, hopefully there'll be some, some more downloading coming on, and... Uh, as well as more uploading. So until the next time, which, uh, well, everything going well will be next week. <laughs> if things aren't going well, it'll be uh, later than a week. We'll talk to you later and take care.